BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC as we continue to review the seasons of each and every one of the Hornets players from last year and start to look into the future. We'll also let you hear from each of the players as well over the coming weeks. Today, we're talking about Malik Monk who in his fourth season in Charlotte posted career highs for points per game, assists per game, field goal percentage, and three-point percentage, capping the year right at 40% from deep. Helping me talking about him, he's my producer on the Hornets radio network, Rob Longo, back with us here on the HHC. And Rob, Malik Monk, he had such a roller coaster of a 2020-2021 season. I don't think that anyone in Charlotte in terms of this team, went through as much with COVID-19 as Malik Monk did. Certainly the, the story of Carl Anthony Towns has been talked about a lot nationally, but Malik Monk went through a lot. He lost his grandmother to COVID-19. He himself contracted the virus and missed a good portion of the early part of the season and told us several weeks, if not months, into the season that it was still affecting him. And yet, He comes through and turns in his best season statistically and some huge, huge games for the Hornets. What are your takeaways from Malik Monk this past season? So when you instantly think of Malik's season, you might think you might be a little bit disappointed because he missed 31 games because of a slew of injuries. But when you look below the surface, you kind of alluded to it and everything he's overcome, even extended out to the past 18 months, it was really remarkable what he was able to accomplish. Malik's been really open about his mental health and how much relaxed he's been this past season. And I truly believe that once you get to this level, a lot of the game is almost mental gymnastics. I mean, obviously, you know, skill sets are important. Being physical is important. But to a certain extent, you know, everybody is fast. Everybody is strong. Everybody has the tools to play in the NBA or else they simply wouldn't be here. So the fact that Malik has been able to take huge strides in terms of 
the mental aspect is really promising. And I think that that's a big reason why we saw him set, you know, a career high in single game points, scoring average. You kind of touched on them all three point percentage. The three point percentage was really impressive going from 40 percent from last season where he was around 28 percent. I mean, that's instant offense right there. But, you know, of course, Mitch Kupchak has to has to make a decision on him. Yeah, we'll talk about the, the potential future for him. But one theme that was heard a lot, particularly in February, was Malik Monk made himself a lot of money this year. Malik Monk showed what he was capable of with multiple 20, even 30-point performances. He had on that road trip, the first road trip out west, I think he was the best player on the team, or at least you can make that argument. As he posted at one point four consecutive 20 plus point performances and six in a row, all six of the games to close out that road trip, he was at least 18 points or better. Big part of the reason that that very difficult road trip that included teams like Phoenix, you know, road wins at Sacramento and Minnesota as well was a 500 one. What was your favorite moment for Malik Monk last year? So I'm going to cheat. You asked for one. I'll give you two. You already alluded to the first one. Stop and go into the lane, up off the contact lane. Yes, plus the foul. 1.4 remaining. And Malik Monk is going to the line to put the Hornets up. And of course, he did make the foul shot. It was a 127-126 win in Sacramento. But you back that up a couple weeks prior. They were in Miami, a really resilient win. Malik comes off the bench, drops a career-high 36 points. That's probably my favorite memory. Ball and Hayward with the all-star inbounding. Hayward gives to Zeller. Hands it off to Monk. Catch and shoot three on the way. It is good! Malik Monk! Ties it at 113! A career-high 34 for Malik Monk! He adds two in overtime, and it's a, a Hornets win on the road in Miami. And it's just something about him playing Miami this past year. He mentioned a couple of times in postgame press conferences about his little rivalry with Bam Adebayo. Those two played together at Kentucky and about how Bam gets in his ear. He starts chirping, and it just takes Malik to another level. But those are probably my two fondest memories that I'll carry with me in my rookie year of the NBA with Malik Monk. Yeah, I think the, the Miami one was really special. I think that road trip collectively was the most impressive because it really showed what he could do for a sustained period of time. The NBA, everyone who makes the NBA, I think, if they were given the number of shots needed, if you took 12 to 15 shots in the game, just about everyone in the league would score 20. I think, you know, even the most unproven raw talent, if you gave them 15 shots in an NBA game, if they didn't score 20, they wouldn't be there. So anyone can do that. The key to being a mainstay rotation player or a starter or even more so doing it on a team that's going to contend is the ability to sustain that success. And that is what Malik Monk showed um, because he certainly had flashes of it earlier in his career. It was not as if he had never scored 20 points per in a contest prior to this, but to do it for that long of a period of time over a really treacherous road trip with a lot of adversity being faced along the way, that was very impressive. But in terms of singular game, I'm with you on the Miami one. That was a big win. The team it needed someone to play Superman, someone different that day, and that was his day. He knocked down nine threes, which was a career high, 36 points, a career high. He was perfect at the free throw line. Uh, he did a little bit of everything out there, and uh, just that that flamethrower ability from deep, it was really something. Well, we're going to talk to Malik about what his favorite moments were of this past season, and we'll start to look into the future. He is a free agent 
coming off the final year of his rookie deal. There is some team control, obviously, the restricted free agency. We're not going to get too deep into the weeds here, but to just talk about, generally speaking, what we think is ahead for Malik Monk. Coming up next, though, we'll talk to the man himself right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Sam Farber here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, and now let's welcome the man himself, Malik Monk. Malik, thank you so much for your time. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. I'm not sure anyone here in Charlotte with this team has been through as much this year in terms of COVID, its effect on family and themselves personally, on top of all the ups and downs of a season as you have, as you try and digest everything you've been through in the last year. What do you think helped you ultimately make this a successful season on the court and just get you through it all? My support system, man, my family. That's, that's really it. My family and my agent. He's been in the game for a minute, Jeff Swartz. Um, he knows knows what's going on and been around so he was able to pass a lot of knowledge down to me and my brother uh, my mom so to just take everything and and have it as a family and not break off and try to do things on your own and try to figure things out on your own you got to do it as as togetherness so I just have a great support uh, support group what do you take away from all of that because this has been a unique experience no one you know has obviously been through anything like this before how do you take the lessons learned and put it into the rest of your career the rest of your life managing time man uh, you had a lot of time to yourself here uh, with the COVID and everything going on so it, it, you reflect a lot on yourself uh, and that's <laughs> it's crazy that, that we got through this man it's, I don't think it'll ever be a season like this ever and we was able to live through it couple of injuries, a couple of people got COVID, but we all got back um, and we're fighting back to get healthy. You know, it was almost there, man. I know we cut it short, but just don't take anything for granted. You had some exceptional moments out there on the floor. What's one you'll look back on and say that was the, the signature moment of your 2020-2021 season? The West Coast trip where we played Phoenix, Sacramento when I got the buzzer beater. That little trip right there was, was actually – the Miami game, when I didn't play for like 10, 12 games, then I came and played like 30 and, and got my career high. I think that, that that started everything off then and went to the that, that West Coast trip where I solidified things. So, yeah, that, and them two right there was the biggest biggest of the, of the year. I've been asking guys what, what the biggest moment was for them and for someone who wasn't them on the team. And that game in Miami, it's come up more than once, so you'd certainly had an impact with what you were able to do there on your teammates. What's one play you weren't involved in that you would like the poster of to put on your wall to remember this season by? T-Row, the Warriors game, when he was here. Gives to Rozier, 34 points today. He'll hold for the final shot. Clock down to four seconds. Rozier crosses over to his left, around his screen, fade away three at the buzzer. Got it! Got it! Terry Rozier beats the buzzer, and the Hornets have won on a walked-off three by Terry Rozier. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, that, that's so crazy. He, he did a lot of – took the game over in the fourth quarter, man, and got us the win. So, yeah, T-Row, T-Row. There's a lot of things that had to come to be to, you know, deal with COVID-19 and be able to play this season, many of which we hope won't be back next year. What's one thing that you're really looking forward to not having to do anymore in terms of the protocols? <laughs> get tested. 
<laughs> wake up every morning early to get tested. Uh, I would not. I would not miss that. That's, that's the only thing. And what's one thing that you know maybe is new in the NBA this year that had to come into being again for COVID that you wouldn't mind having stick around? Maybe something that could be incorporated more into your routine or into NBA life in general. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Not a thing, man. <laughs> Not a thing. Take away every day with the corona. Uh, nothing, man. Nothing. Actually, actually, nah, nothing. nothing. What, what were you going to say? Come on. Nah, All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Of course, you know, there's always uncertainty when you head into an off season. We, we don't want to speculate on anything. It's been great having you here. Just as you reflect on your four years here in Charlotte and hoping that certainly there will be there are many more of these conversations to come. But where do you see the biggest growth in yourself personally and professionally as a player from your time here with the Hornets? Being able to communicate better. I learned that communication is the key to everything. And that's that's the biggest thing I learned my four years here, man, because I got here when I was 19, about to turn 20. I never had to talk to nobody, tell them where I was going, tell them I was doing this, tell them when, tell them I'm be here early, tell them this. Then my second year, I got a little better, got a little better. Then I just progressed on these four years, man, and now I can just go up and talk to somebody, have a conversation with people. That's yeah. That's the biggest thing I learned, man, and 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 grasp. My biggest takeaway from that statement is that that trajectory you're moving up, and we saw that on the floor as well. Your numbers progressing every season. You had your best season in terms of scoring and in terms of shooting percentages. Where is your next plateau? The next thing you want to work on to take your game to that next level? Yeah, man, trying to be the ninety fifty forty club. Um, that's 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 the that's the main focus. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really the main focus this year, to, 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 to try to be in that elite group. It's, it's a tough one to get into, but we've seen you got that talent. Malik, thank you so much for all your time all throughout the season. You're such an inspiration with everything you've dealt with and been through, and we're looking forward to watching you more. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you for having me. Back with more of the Hornets Hivecast in just a moment. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center, now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail, or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanShop.com. Sam Farber and Rob Longo back here on the HHC. Rob, we just heard from Malik Monk. You were correct on a couple of his favorite moments, or at least your favorites lined up with his from this past season. What was your top line takeaway from the conversation? That I was right. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think I think what I've mentioned earlier too about just the maturity and how Malik has been able to mature. Because keep in mind, like you said, he was only 19 when he came here, about to turn 20. He's 23 now, so he's still growing. He's he's still growing as a person. Definitely still growing as a player. So that's probably my biggest takeaway. And I think that's why you know the fact that he's just been so open with his mental health and getting right and seeing his support system help him along the way is really important. Because you know when when things affect you off the court, they're gonna affect you on the court sooner or later so the fact that you know he's been able to overcome all of that stuff and just kind of get his mind right I think is the biggest takeaway for me yeah I think the nature of the draft in this era is you draft the youngest prospects and hope that they will blossom into the superstars of tomorrow and, and then they'll hopefully be with your team but the fact of the matter is it can take some 
players longer to adapt and acclimate themselves to the NBA game than others. And Malik has been very public, and some of his previous coaches have been public, saying, you know, at 19, it might not have been the best time for him to be playing in the NBA, even though clearly his talent level was worthy of being taken where he was. He was a lottery pick quality player, and no one would ever advise someone, hey, you've got a million-dollar lottery ticket. Why don't you turn that down for a little while? No, no one would ever advise something like that. So it's kind of the nature of it. In in football, you're not allowed to come out so early, even though clearly there have been freshmen and sophomores in college who were ready to play in the NFL, but they're restricted from it. And I would imagine it's for the betterment of the players overall. Not every individual, but overall, you will see more busts if everyone was allowed in whenever they wanted to go into the NFL than not. Baseball is a different system. You go through the minor leagues, so you're a bit more sheltered. You're a bit more protected. So, yes, you're paid as a professional. You're not paid the same amount as you would be in Major League Baseball, but you're getting a minor league salary. You're being paid to play the game. You get a signing bonus depending on where you're drafted, but the expectation isn't, okay, you, the 19-year-old, are now expected to bat third. That's not how it works. And in the NBA, while I think conceptually – We think we understand, yeah, we're drafting this person as a developmental prospect. The reality is fans don't expect that. And really, franchises don't always expect that. Sometimes they expect you to come in and produce off the bat. And the ones that can, the LaMelo balls, are very few and far between, it seems. I was looking at a a list of top draft picks from this past year. And there's been all kinds of ladders and rankings. It's not one through ten. There's quite a few guys that were top 10 picks or that are projected to be really good later on that did not have particularly great rookie years. And there have been plenty of guys, you know, Nikola Jokic, maybe the MVP of the league, he was a second-round pick. So, you know, the, the timetables when you're drafting 19-year-olds, they don't always exactly line up. But for Malik, things are beginning to line up. Future seems very bright for him because he is on that upward trajectory. Uh, He's coming off a career high in terms of points per game. Shooting percentage, I think, is the most important thing for him because with the additions of LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward, there were just fewer shots in general, I think, for Malik than there otherwise would have been. Um, You know, injuries certainly took more shots away from him than anything else. Um, But the percentages went way up. So I think the comments that I heard throughout the season are going to be true. He made himself a lot of money by showing what he is capable of. And now the question is, where will be the most advantageous option for him? And how will the Hornets approach it? Because restricted free agency does have its advantages for the team that you had been playing for. But as we've seen with other players, it is not a locked in, you know, they'll automatically match anything. So we'll see. We'll see what the the value is for Malik Monk, but just thrilled for him as a person getting to know him over the year that it went up for him personally. Yeah, and I would love, obviously, to see Malik return next season just based off what we were able to see him accomplish this year. And I think he's a talented guard. He can kind of excel in that six-man role off the bench behind LaMelo Ball. You know, again, keep in mind, he's only 23. I think he's still got a lot of growth left in him. And I think you saw that this year. There's the way he's matured into the person that he is today. Guy that can score in bunches, can be an X factor on any given night. So, I mean, you know, if Malik leaves her better opportunity somewhere that, you know, he can maybe become a starter or, you know, just excel in general, I understand. You know, no hard feelings, obviously. But, you know, is that something that he desires at this point in his career? Who knows? I mean, it's something worth mentioning. So, 
you know, we'll just have to sit back and see what happens. The one area that I think is most important for him to take that next step is the continued consistency. Because while we did see it for that that one long road trip, that six straight games where he was spectacular, night in, night out, knocking down threes, even games where he didn't knock down threes, that, that win at Sacramento where he had the game winner, he was 0 for 7 from 3 in that game. That's how good he was playing at the time that a major component of his offensive game was off that night. There's no getting around that. And he still was able to be so good of an option that he was there as an option for the game winner. I think the play was LaMelo Ball feeding Malik Monk coming off of a screen. But P.J. Washington, who had a career high that day, was also an option. And LaMelo made the right read. He got to Malik, was able to get downhill, get to the basket, and score that bucket. Most players in the NBA, particularly guys who are shooting 40% from three, and I don't think Malik is necessarily a specialist, but he's closer to a three-point specialist than not, I guess, is how I might put it. If I, if he had to pick between slasher and shooter, gosh, even that's close. But but you know maybe you'd say shooter at this point being 40% from deep. But if they go 0 for 7 from three, they're not getting the last shot of the game. Malik did. It speaks to how well he was playing on that trip. But to sustain that over a longer period of time, and it's really difficult to tell the impact of the injury. Because when he turned his ankle, he was playing reasonably well. He'd had a 30-point game again against uh, Miami maybe a week before that injury happened. And then when he came back, he still had a couple of double-figure games, but really just didn't have it consistently. So we don't know you know, if things were lingering at that point or, or just you know, the general rhythm of the season. But in any case, he's Shown a lot in this past season. I think the next step to accomplish the goal he set out for himself, being a part of that 50 40 90 club, it's just consistency. It's being able to avoid those 0 for 5s, 0 for 7s, 1 for 8 types of nights from three. And uh, that doesn't mean you have to go 9 for 13 the way he did at Miami for that one game, but you, you need to be able to knock down 40% of your shots pretty consistently if you're going to get there. I think you kind of touched on what I was going to say is we just don't really know about that consistency factor simply because of all of the injuries that he had this year, whether it's the ankle, whether it's COVID, just because he needed to get into that rhythm. I think that's the biggest thing from Malik. When he comes off the bench and he hits a three-pointer, he hits an easy basket early, then he's on that night. That's just kind of how the way that he operates. He sees the ball go in a hoop, and it's a different story. So, you know, towards the end of the season, he wasn't putting up those kind of numbers, but a lot of that, I think, was just kind of matchup personnel. Like, later in the season, playing against the Magic, you know, he only ended up with nine minutes. He only scored three points, but that was just kind of the way the game shook out. So, you know, if he's able to become flexible and he's able to adapt, I think that just is able to take his game to another level because he's going to be able to get to that consistency. And the night directly before that game you referenced, he scored 20. So, the potential is there. We really love covering him. And again, I can't say it enough what an inspiration Malik was this past season, dealing with everything he went through, lose a loved one to COVID-19. Way, way, way too many people had to uh, and ended up losing a loved one in this last year to that disease. And Malik just the personality he showed, even when he was trying to get on the floor, and I'm sure there were frustrations uh, that you know he physically was not feeling 100% coming off COVID. He was the first person off the bench the first couple weeks of the season to go talk to LaMelo Ball, and that stood out, that leadership component. It was 
something special. So a special season for Malik Monk. We appreciate him joining us all throughout the year and uh, always fun to talk about him. And I'm sure we will be talking about him in some way, shape or form for years and years to come in the NBA. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. A reminder, we're coming out with a couple of these a week doing player profiles and we will have another one up for you in a couple of days. Till next time, for Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.